Uh, it's from First Samuel uh, chapter 18, verses 20 uh, through 21, and then adding verse 29. It says, Now, at the same time, Saul's daughter, Michal, loved David. Saul was told, and the matter was all right in his eyes. So Saul said to himself, Let me give Michal to David, that she may be a snare for him, and that the hand of the Philistines may be against him. So Saul said to David a second time, Through the second shall you be, shall you be my son-in-law this day. And Saul became the enemy of David every day from then. And then from uh, the book of Romans, chapter 12, verses 9 through 21, Paul says, Let love be sincere, abhor what is evil, cling to what is good, love one another as family, lead the way in showing honor to one another, in zeal not idle, fervent in, giving, in, fervent in spirit, serving the Messiah, in hope rejoice, in suffering endure, in prayer, persevere. Take part in meeting the needs of the saints. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not think highly of yourself. Sit with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but contemplate what is good in the sight of all persons. If possible for you, live peaceably with all. Do not avenge yourselves, beloved. Rather, leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Holy One. On the contrary, if your enemies hunger, feed them. If they thirst, give them drink. For by doing this, you will heap burning coals on their heads. Be not overcome by evil. Rather, overcome evil with good. And we hear the voice of God through these words. What's that? Oh, yeah, that'd be great. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. I'm going to raise this so I can actually see what I'm doing. Oh, yeah, that's fantastic for me. Okay, there we go. Hey, good morning. Uh, one of the things that I want to say to you is that someday I will find a different show to talk about when I preach a sermon, uh, but today is not that day, so uh, you're welcome for another Star Trek reference. I am in my Star Trek era this year, and I don't know when that's going to change. I'm just going to be straight with you guys. But one of the things that I've noticed in recent months in online Star Trek communities, where I am frequently, is because Star Trek has seen this resurgence and has fantastic new TV shows, you have people that are like, ah, well, I'm a real fan, so I will tell other people what it means to be a real fan and how you are a real fan. And you're like, hey, I'm a real fan, and you're not. And if you like this episode from this series, you're not a real fan. But here's how you could be a real fan if you wanted to be a real fan like me. <laughs> and on and on. <laughs> and it gets weird sometimes and personal, uh, <laughs> as things do online, if you're familiar with the Internet. Uh, but what I've, what I've come to expect and be thankful for is uh, what I've loving, lovingly started to call like old-timers in the Star Trek community. People who have watched Star Trek from like when it was on originally in the 60s. Who see it and appreciate it for what it is. Like a fun television show and set of movies that might change some details from time to time. And that's okay. We're going to make it. We're going to get through. Because they'll come through and, and they'll say, hey, um, they'll encourage people, hey, take what you love about Star Trek and you can, you can move on by if there's things you don't like. You don't have to, to make people feel bad about what they like. 
They're the forebearers who have seen the story through from the beginning and want to see it continue on into the future for what it can be and what it can mean for other people for years to come. And that is one of the things that I have observed and I've loved. But it's not only true, like, in the Star Trek arena. It happens a lot with other, like, legacy shows and fandoms and movies and books and games and all kinds of stuff, right? Uh, that there are people who, they are the real knowledge havers and lovers and fans, and they will tell you uh, what is right and what is wrong and how you can be in and who is out. Uh, and sometimes this also happens in faith communities, if you can believe it or not. Uh, that, that has been true sometimes. Um, some of our faith ancestors have been this way, and we've, we've been talking about that. We've been able to have good, hard, and important conversations around who they were, who they have been, and how they've impacted who we are and who we want to be. And that's been through fantastic sermons from our wonderful uh, preaching community and through the where I'm from poems that we've been sharing. And I have an idea about that. Don't let me forget. Okay, fantastic. Maybe it's the same idea. Okay. Uh, (laughs) I've said it before and I'll say it again. Aurelia cannot sit on the front row when I preach. Uh, No. (laughs) Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, As we come to the close of this series... Uh, I'm reminded that the ways we've been impacted by those people and, and, and what that has meant to us are as varied and as many as the people in this room or that join us in our online community. And we have worked as a community to, to bring all of those things together to bear to make a faith community of some kind that allows for belief uh, allows for trust, allows for faith to be understood in different ways that we share uh, some common things. I know that throughout this time, I've been thankful uh, to, for the opportunities to examine my faith ancestors, the faith of my own past and what it has meant to who I am and who I want to be. I like uh, the stories that have been shared. Uh, when Jonathan talked about being from outlaws and swamps, that was fantastic. Uh, I really, really enjoyed that. Uh, but... I like stories and like to find themes. It's one of the reasons that I watch far, far too much TV and read so many books. And so I was thinking through like what are some of the themes that I've seen and heard from Aurelia and Brittany and Jonathan and Chris and, and, and what have we kind of been talking about? What is there? What's been in the Where I'm From poems? And I even heard this today in Chris's poem. Uh, there's reflection going on. There's pain uh, from, from some of our experiences. There's frustration, but there's also fondness and there's thankfulness and so many other things that I recognize in my own stories. There was a theme, though, that, that I really recognized throughout that I thought was really important to, um, to who, who I am, who I believe our community be, and, and who I see us being as we move forward together. And so um, that theme that idea is love believe it or not yeah um the the love that i've been shown i know it's wild um that i've been shown by my family and friends and those close to me at different times has changed who i am uh, it, it, that when when i've been shown love in a dark place when i've been shown love through celebration whatever the case may be so i can i can point back to some of those specific moments and see where it has changed who i am how it's shaped me and molded me 
And my sincere hope is that I've done well at passing that love on to others. I know that hasn't always been the case. Um, in the same way that, that I now work to have grace for my ancestors and in their, in their love deficits, I hope that my descendants will forgive me, all while remembering that forgiveness doesn't mean denial or a free pass. It's not a forgive and forget kind of love. Sincere love does forgive. It can forgive, but it's from the lessons learned that love can even have the opportunity to heal wounds the way that we've seen and heard and talked about. So in the faith journey that we're on as a community, I've seen love over and over again be one of our most important values. It was one of the values that draw that drew my family here in the first place to say that this is a place and a community of people who uh, want to be the way we want to be and are working towards that. Young as we are, having celebrated our 10th anniversary earlier this year, our Peace of Christ ancestors uh, felt that it was important uh, to have things like love and inclusion for members of the queer community in our wider geographical area, not something that a lot of churches around us are doing or doing well. It was important. It was important enough to uh, decide to leave things like institutional support um, of time, of places, of people, of money, uh, to say that this is a value of love that we hold in this way. Our Peace of Christ ancestors felt that it was important for us to understand people who were curious about the divine outside of the Christian tradition. Because we were connected by a love that stands outside of those bounds. So they participated in interfaith dialogues and efforts. Our Peace of Christ ancestors knew the importance of showing love for the presence of women in ministry and in any and all ministerial roles. And now our small but mighty community is led by a woman whose love, who loves us individually and as a community about as fiercely as I think a person is able to. So today, as the fruit of their womb... As a community, we continue those efforts of love. Inside of our community, that has looked like a love for our young children that doesn't assume their baptism and participation in our chosen faith as a foregone conclusion to be waved on by, but as an act of faith formation and choice that they are invited to make. Love has led us to take time to serve in and with the Community First Village because we see and know the Imago Dei and people that our culture has largely decided are not worthy of the same kind of love as people we deem to be like us. So Paul's admonition to let our love be sincere has to hold weight because otherwise, much like Creed Bratton from the hit television show The Office, I don't know what the hell this has all been about. It's possible that for... um, a time, some of us, uh, the idea of letting our love be sincere meant uh, something more like the phrase of telling the truth in love. Is anybody familiar with that phrase? Uh, and, you know, you'd be brutally honest with people. And what that meant was because you love someone so much, you have to tell them about the thing they're doing that's wrong and how that's wrong and why it's wrong and how they can make it right and be part of the in-group again. And that's what this idea of telling the truth in love or being uh, sincere in our love meant. I know for me and I, and I hope for others that um, you've been able to see a shift in that uh, to, to where sincere love means more about listening and learning more about the world and those in it around us. 
letting sincere love mean that we want to better inhabit the world around us as people who look like this ancient Jewish rabbi in the way that he modeled to live. One of the things I found interesting in the reading from 1 Samuel, and um, typically when I'm uh, reading, it'll be from a translation by Dr. Wilda Gaffney, is that she notes that Michal is the only woman in scripture whose love for a man and not her son is noted. Her, her romantic love for a partner and not for a child is, is noted. This gives a contrast to the kind of love that Paul is talking about until you know, like relatively modern times, uh, women in royal families were used in their cultures to be married off for alliances, for money, to shore up power, to make sure uh, this one thing didn't go wrong, things like that. So while Michal loved David, she was being used as a bartering chip, an intense political back and forth between Saul and David. The end of the story claims that after she's used for David to be grafted into Saul's family, that Saul became David's enemy from then on. So in contrast to David and Saul's relationship and the way they treated each other, like trying to kill each other a couple times, uh, you know, um, Paul encourages us to bless those who persecute us, to the people that are not like us, don't think like us, don't look like us, maybe don't believe or practice like us, to bless them, to to understand them, to know them, to love them. This is what sincere love looks like. I won't pretend that the examples we've been given by our faith ancestors make sincere love look easy. Being the fruit of some controversial wounds can make it hard to live out Paul's encouragement to be at peace with other people as far as it's possible for us. We have some messes to clean up in our relationships to and with women, the queer community, peoples of color, and other marginalized peoples and communities around us. Hopefully, as we move forward as individuals in a community, we can continue to show and share love without expecting that things will be easy or without some amount of work on our part. If we want to see a people and place that are rooted in Christ and have things to pass on as we become ancestors, perhaps we need to remind ourselves to have the grace for ours that we hope will be given. Sincere love love that doesn't require anything, love that doesn't treat people and the things in the world around us as objects to be used or made for the benefit of self, is the best gift that we can see from our faith ancestors. And sincere love that makes us better versions of ourselves and love that brings others in and makes less of there even being an in-group and an out-group is the greatest thing we can pass on to those who will come after us. So I want to share... Uh, a blessing with us as we close this time of worship, as we close this series, as we close this season. Uh, And then I know Jared is going to be back up to do some music and we have some other things. But um, uh, so here's a blessing that I wrote for us. God bless our ancestors for the way they showed us to live, both in what they did and did not do. God bless our ancestors whose own stories and histories are both as complicated as our own and maybe more than we can ever know. God bless our fearlessness of who they were and the way they can show us how to know and love our bodies and ourselves for being where they were from and showing us other ways forward and out. For the wisdom they have left to us to inhabit the roles we are given and, and to take on the opportunities in front of us. As we look toward our descendants, knowing their ancestors we will be, 
We strive for love. We hope for grace and understanding. God bless our ancestors. God bless us. God bless who we've been, who we are, and who we will become. And for the love of God, bless those who are coming along after us. May they put right what we get wrong, and may they continue on what we've been given. Amen.